and welcome to the Pod Academy. established finding that if you change the way that someone who stammers hears their voice, if you change sort of uh, the pitch at which they hear their voice, or if you put a slight delay in so that they hear their voice, you know, 200 milliseconds delay, then that significantly reduces how much somebody stammers. And that's quite a robust finding, and it's something that um, has been incorporated into different sorts of uh, devices to help. My name's Ollie Cheadle. I'm a student studying speech therapy at University College London and I've just carried out a research project into stammering. Our research was looking at whether we can take that, um, whether we can help people to stammer less by using vibration rather than sound. So we're turning their speech into vibration, um, which they feel through their skin and seeing whether that uh, can help reduce stammering rather than hearing a voice in a different way. What we found was that uh, when you give people um, this kind of, we call it vibrotactile speech feedback, when you give them feedback about their speech as vibration in the skin, um, it does significantly reduce stuttering, but it does so much less than in previous studies which have looked at this. So the, the, there have been a couple in the last few years, and they've typically found maybe a reduction of 70 or 80% of stuttering when you're feeling um, your speech's vibration for your skin. Uh, but whereas we only found about a 22% average reduction in, in stuttering. Um, so that was, that was sort of puzzling, that, that there was a, such a big disparity. I mean, one possible reason why we didn't get as significant, as, um, as sort of, as big an effect um, was the type of vibrating device that we were using. It was different from the vibrating device that they were using in the previous studies, and it kind of vibrates at a lower frequency. Um, so it's possible that your skin is just not really sensitive to these like, lower vibrations than slightly higher ones that were used in previous studies. So that's, that could be why. It wasn't as effective. We found that there wasn't any carryover effect from using the, the vibration, which is really what we'd expect. So when we switched off the device, it didn't have any lingering effects on, on people stammering. It just if if it if it improved their speech, then when we turned it off, they went back to normal. And lastly, we found that the type of uh, vibration that we use, so whether we use like a, a more intense vibration or, or a, a less intense vibration, or whether we delayed the vibration um, or give, gave it to people immediately, that didn't affect how how much the vibration reduced stuttering. It was all um, it was all the same. So we we found a reduction in stuttering, but it didn't really matter what kind of vibration we used. Um, and we also delivered the vibration to different parts of the body. So we, we tried the, um, the finger, the sternum, and the forehead. And again, there was no significant difference in how effective it was. So all of that taken together, I mean, if, if we're thinking about whether this kind of technology 
could be made into a device that could help people who stammer sort of day to day. So we we know that um, it can work at sort of a, a low intensity, which is which is good because it's likely to be less distracting for people, um, and also it's less likely to cause things like um, muscle fatigue, which you can get with high high intensity vibration. Um, but we also know that if so, it, it works at the sternum as effectively as it does sort of on the fingers so it works in a more discreet location just as well as somewhere like the fingers so that's that's a positive if we're thinking about could this be a device that people could could actually use because i mean it's likely people would not want um a visible fluency aid And I think the last interesting thing we found that there was just a big variation in how susceptible people were for um, were to the vibration on their stuttering. So, for example, one person had a sixty percent reduction in, in their stuttering frequency. So that's that's quite that's quite a large effect. But another person had a thirty nine percent increase in their stuttering frequency when um, when under the vibrotactile feedback. And I think that's just, so that just points out that. If this ever were a fluency aid for people, there'd need to be a screening process and we'd need to you know, try it out on people because it could actually hinder their, their speech more than it helps. There are currently devices on the market for people to use if mm. they, they stammer yeah. and it's kind of mixed, isn't it, in terms of mixed picture, in terms of whether or not they are beneficial or not. Yeah, yeah well, probably 10, 11 years ago, it, there was a lot of hype around them. I think the the, the early 2000s, they... Uh, there was a lot in the media about you know these people have been cured and and they they can now speak without stuttering. I remember there, there were sort of segments on on Oprah and things like that, which got a lot of media attention. Um, but actually, I think a lot of the people who were held up as examples of you know uh, really really benefiting from these technologies um, from from using these uh, in ear devices, um, they. The effects didn't really last. So maybe six months down the line, actually, um, they found they were actually stammering just as much as they were before. So it it it, it, it wore off um, for them. Um, so yeah, I think we we have to be careful about how we how we talk about these technologies with people because there really aren't very many studies into how how effective they are in the longer term. I think it's interesting how the, the media can be interested in in a, in a device like that when it's kind of sexy and simple and you just turn it on and, and suddenly stammering's not a problem anymore, but actually it's a lot more complicated than that. And, and I think the people who were held up as, as benefiting a lot from these devices had a hard time because then they found they were stammering more and they kind of wanted to hide it because they felt like they were you know, failing in some way. So we have to be really careful about how we describe these devices to people because they're not cure-alls by any means, but they can maybe help you in some situations. And there is no cure for stammer- stammering, is there? Um, certainly no cure, no. I mean, as I've said, I think devices like this are, are great in, in certain situations and maybe you would use it uh, if you were giving a presentation or something and you wanted to just... Uh, reduce the effect of stammering on your speech but personally I, I think uh, that stammering is it's, it, that it's more effective to to um, to, to, uh, to do therapy and things like that which, which, which don't focus on, on stopping stammering on, on, on sort of e- e- 
eliminating it, but focus on uh, helping you to accept it more. And that's arguably harder, um, and because you have to really engage with it and and accept that yeah you are a person who stammers, but it's not you know the most important thing about you. And and uh, but I think in the longer term that's really a more helpful thing for me at least than trying to well trying to use technology to just get rid of the, the stammer or to try and learn techniques which just eliminates it because really it's probably always going to be there in some form and the more you can just accept that the better it's going to be so you're a person who stammers yourself that was your original kind of interest in, in this subject yeah so how has stammering affected you it's it's something that fluctuates a lot and so in this situation I'm like I'm relatively okay um but and I think people who know me would be surprised sometimes they're even surprised that I have a stammer when it comes up um or they'd be surprised that it does affect me probably probably every day you know um in terms of if you put me in a, in a different situation in a situation that's a bit more stressful than this if you put me on the street and ask me to ask directions or like, approach strangers you'd probably find that I would be blocking, I'd be, you know, I'd be noticeably stammering. Um, and so, yeah, stammering does affect me uh, probably more than people around me would realise. I think I often say, when people um, say to me, oh, well, I... Your stammer can't be that bad because I've, I've never even noticed you stammering. And I, I tend to say, well... It's not about the things that I do say. It's not about the stammering that you do hear when I'm speaking. It's about the things that I maybe don't say because I'm worried about stammering. So it has an effect on you, which is sort of more pervasive than just uh, people hearing you stammer. That's probably the least of its impact on, on, my, on my speech. It can have a more insidious effect on, on your communication. There are times when I forget that I'm a person who stammers, you know, maybe for a couple of days at a time, or it just doesn't really, doesn't, it doesn't enter into my mind properly. And there are other times when it, it kind of, it affects everything you say, you know, before any sentence you say, you have to think, am I going to stammer on this? Is this, is this worth getting into? Is it going to be just, is, it, is the awkwardness going to outweigh actually what I want to communicate? So, um, yeah, it can be really variable. And I think that's, it's particularly hard for people who stammer to to deal with that variability because you tend to feel like you're having an effect on it day to day um, and that maybe you've done something wrong or you've done something right if you're if you're stammering or if you're not stammering and I personally I, I feel like actually it's probably often it's not something that you're doing right or wrong it's just some biological neurological thing that's happening to you maybe you're a bit more tired maybe you're under stress maybe it's none of those things um, but dealing with that kind of variability when actually it's not it's really not your fault is is it's quite a hard thing to learn in stammering therapy there's something that people would have heard of a lot in the iceberg by um, Joseph Sheeran who just talks about how stammering um, is like an iceberg in that there's the bit above the water which is relatively small uh, which is the actual stammering that you hear from the person's mouth um, but under the water there's so many issues that are, that are kind of uh, built up around the stammering or which, which sort of inform the stammering so it's sort of anxiety and feelings of guilt or 
wanting to avoid situations. So really there's so much to stammering that you don't see, um, especially if, if you're someone who, 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 who hasn't stammered. When I was a bit younger, when I was 18 or 19, it got, it got bad when I was leaving university the first time around. And uh, I went to speech therapy and, and it just started to change how I thought about stammering and how I you know, can. Uh, I mean, I, I decided then that I would go back to university and study to be a speech therapist um, because I felt like uh, that's something that I'd be good at, but also it's a way of turning stammering which can be seen as a negative into a positive because I'm, I'm going to become a therapist and I'm going to use experiences that I've had growing up as, a, as, a, as an asset rather than letting it affect my life in a negative way.